from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is WIA National News for week commencing May 29th, 2016. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, anchoring the news this week from Studio 3B in Melbourne, welcoming all WIA members and non-members, licensed amateurs and SWL listeners from around the globe to this week's national news broadcast. As the saying goes, though, when the cat's away, the mice will play. But in this case, there's only one mischievous mouse, that's me. This is the final week of Graham's well-earned holiday and everyone involved with the WIA National News Broadcast would like to thank Graham for trusting us not to burn down the store while he's away. We certainly hope he's thoroughly enjoyed his break and fingers crossed he's going to come back to an email inbox full of fresh news submissions to make settling back into the routine that little bit easier. And it's not just Graham who's left me unsupervised at the rains this week. But Robert is also out of the studio, on location over on Norfolk Island for the WIA AGM. In a few moments, we will cross to Robert and the newly formed WIA Subtropical Region National News Team on the island to hear more about what they're getting up to. First this week, we have a further update from the WIA board with WIA Director Roger Harrison, then heading across to Robert on Norfolk Island. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with, again, more news on the Institute's submission to the ACMA concerning future amateur licence conditions. Given that the proposal to relax bandwidth restrictions on the HF bands is contentious in some quarters, I thought that it would be a good idea to share with you where the idea for this comes from. But first, I'd better deal with the really contentious issue of the week my tongue-in-cheek attempt at a little larrikin humour last week. As a little tacker, I was brought up on an oral diet of social satire. Roy Reen, Spike Milligan, The Goon Shows, all available courtesy of our ABC. Living on a housing commission state in North Parramatta, humour was as necessary as fresh water. As a skinny kid, nicknamed Snowy on account of my hair, I learned to avoid trouble with other kids in that neighbourhood by using humour. Every now and then, however, my humour would get me into trouble, like last week. For those who've attended any of my talks at amateur radio clubs over the years, or the Victorian Gippsland technical conferences, you will have heard that, after family, I have four chief interests in life. Art, science, technology and tomfoolery. Last week's attempt at humour falls into the latter category. Accordingly, the keyboard warriors have had a right time at my expense. Serves me right. It was not my intention to cause deliberate offence. However, for those who were offended, mea culpa. And now, back to the WIA's submission on future licence conditions. One of the guiding principles adopted by the board back in 2014 was that future amateur licensing should not limit or hinder experimentation with, or adaptation of, emerging technologies and applications, particularly digital transmission technologies, including those not yet invented. I never fail to be surprised by the diversity of digital technologies amateurs have pressed into use, and that diversity has grown demonstrably over recent years. But amateurs haven't abandoned past technologies to take up those newly emerging. That's an astonishing thing. 
Unfortunately, the regulations applying to the amateur bands from 160 metres through 10 metres deal wholly with past circumstances. Accordingly, if that approach is retained, then it will greatly hinder experimentation on the amateur bands in the future. For decades, communication systems have been designed to work on the basis of achieving, or being workable, under given signal-to-noise ratios. For high reliability, such as broadcasting, signal-to-noise ratios of tens of decibels are necessary, 20, 30 or 40 dB. Armchair copy. Many amateurs like to pride themselves on dealing with poor signal-to-noise ratios while making provable contacts. With digital modes, negative signal-to-noise ratios are often the norm. Some communications technologies are now characterised by being able to function under given signal-to-interference ratios. This concept acknowledges that the transmission channel may not be clear, and thus the system has to deal with the presence of other transmissions. Amateurs, of course, have been dealing with such conditions for decades. All DXs know it well. The curiosity is that, Statistically, under circumstances where transmissions come and go at unrelated times and over unrelated periods, just as they do on the HF amateur bands, wideband transmissions experience better signal-to-interference ratios than narrowband systems. The interesting thing is that an amateur, John Costas, W2CRR, was the first to explore this concept in an article published in The Proceedings of the Institute of Radio Engineers in 1959. Relaxing the bandwidth restrictions on the bands below 30 MHz will enable new technologies to be taken up, adapted and exploited by amateurs. It doesn't mean abandoning band plants. They are, after all, a means of sharing the same sandpit and playing together. In the future, band plants will likely have to be rather different to those we have today. A brave new world, indeed. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison VK, 2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Thanks, Roger. And now let's head to Robert in VK9 on Norfolk Island to hear about what's happening. This is Robert, VK3DN. I'm on Norfolk Island with Lee, VK3GK. Good morning, Lee. Uh, good morning, Robert. How are you going? Uh, very well. Now, you're operating a station on Norfolk Island. That's VK9NT, correct? That's correct. We're out there with another four other operators and uh, out at near Captain Cook's Cottage on the northwest side of the island with some uh, great uh, high antennas between the Norfolk Pines. Where we're staying for the conference is on the, the central part of the island. What's your operating conditions been like? Bands have been good? Uh, bands have been fairly good. The high bands, 10 and uh, 12 metres, haven't been so flash, but the low bands have been quite good. We've had quite a lot of activity on 160 metres. We've worked uh, probably half a dozen different countries, DX entities, and probably maybe around 100 QSOs, which is quite good for 160, and using an inverted L and um, a TS480HX. So, and again, the inverted L strung between the Norfolk Pines at about 100 feet. No, it's a good effort, and good effort getting all the gear over here too. I know I brought a uh, an IC706 and power supply and an ATU for the folk here at Paradise Hotel. How did you go with all your luggage and the uh, transporting? Uh, as usual, we always do a, uh, a big Excel spreadsheet of logistics, and we always seem to need an extra case. So this time we end up with uh, five operators and uh, five cases. Four guys come out of Melbourne. There's VK3QB, VK3YB, uh, Brenton, and, and that was Chris previously, QB, uh, myself, VK3GK, Lee, uh, Luke, VK3HJ, and Alan, VK2CA. Excellent, and everyone's having a great time. 
Oh, it's the best time. It's a great place. If you ever get the opportunity to come across, it's a really good value and uh, it, it's just different. Yeah. And the most memorable contact you've had would be perhaps? Uh, got me on the spot there. We did work um, American Samoa th- this afternoon on, um, on 15 metres, but there's been some enlightening ones around the country. Most of the times we're working lots of JAs, uh, Ws and Europeans too, so we've been listening out for the Europeans, but conditions haven't been quite that good for EU at this stage. Well, good luck and uh, hope you do well for the rest of the weekend. No problems. Thanks, Robert. Pico Balloon to send greeting message. The small party-type solar-powered PS65 balloon is due to be floating at high altitudes, but this time the tracking data is to include a special greeting message from the Wireless Institute of Australia, WIA, annual general meeting activities on Norfolk Island. Launched from Melbourne by Andy, K3YT, and very dependent on the weather conditions, it has the call sign VK9WI, and is part of the extensive WIA AGM activities. If the flight is successfully tracked, it becomes the first in the PICO space series to have a dedicated greeting message. A number of the PICO balloons with a small payload have been floated by him in the past two years. PS65 is the latest, with 25 milliwatts transmit power, using Whisper, and JT9 on the 30 metre band. An earlier balloon, PS46, last year travelled for more than 110,800 kilometres on July 28 to complete its second circumnavigation of the Southern Hemisphere before descending into the Indian Ocean due to bad weather. PS46 had circumnavigated the Southern Hemisphere for the first time in 12 days and was starting its third trip around when it went down. That flight set a record for Andy, VK3YT, and was eagerly followed by trackers. The earlier PS41 was the first such balloon to circle Earth. Andy, VK3YT, has spent a few months preparing for PS65 and its WIA AGM greeting. Will the Pico balloon stay up for trackers? And how far will it go? Thanks to Jim Linton for that story. This is Ron, VK3AFW, Portable 9, Norfolk Island. This is Spider from Radio Norfolk and you are listening to VK1 WIA, the weekly WIA national news broadcast. Thanks Ron and now it's to Kay, VK3 FKDW. Hi all, this is a reminder that the ACMA is shutting down their licensing program. The ACMA has stopped all license processing for two weeks while it carries out the final work on its new Spectra computerised system. The shutdown involves all licensing until May 31, 2016. During the shutdown, the ACMA will upgrade the facility, including new features as it migrates license records into Spectra. This is KVK3FKDW talking to you from Norfolk Island. Commemorating Anzac on the Western Front. To mark the Anzac involvement on the Western Front a hundred years ago, the Geelong Amateur Radio Club is developing its plans to put VK100 Anzac on the air in July. In 1915, at the Battle of Fromelles, Australia sustained 5,500 casualties, the worst 24 hours in our military history. In planning the event, GARC has already sold French radio groups of its intentions and hopes to make contact with them during the July 19. 19- 
to 21 activation period. The Geelong Amateur Radio Club is also considering appropriate designs for its commemorative QSL card to mark the centenary. This is Rafi, VK2RF on Norfolk Island. Marine Boy heard with Amateur Radio Payload. The Marine Boy ZL1 Sierra India X-Ray with its low-powered transmission on the 30-metre band is now floating around the Pacific Ocean. Bob Sutton, ZL1RS, reports that the solar-powered boy is transmitting on the weak signal whisper and JT9 modes on the 30-metre band. The yacht Windflower of the Island Cruising Association on the North Island of New Zealand launched the boy in the middle of the South Pacific Ocean. Bob ZL1RS reports having heard the marine boy drifting with its last location being south of Fiji and Tonga. Data sent hourly has the boy travelling at about 1.8 kilometres per hour in a nor-nor-east direction. These have been decoded by many, including a VK2FAK, a VK2EIK, ZL2ABN, E51WL, a VK4RV and ZL2VF. More details, including tracking progress being mapped, are online with the URL in the text edition of this broadcast. This is Peter VK3PF on Norfolk Island. Wireless Hill, a real look at the past. The early days of Morse code to ships saw the birth of the Applecross Wireless Station, now called the Wireless Hill Museum and Park. This important part of Australia's history opened in 1912 as a wireless station with weather forecasts and medical information to ships, and by 1927 was in direct contact with England. The earliest radio communications used a 25-kilowatt spark-gap transmitter. Four years later, during World War I, the Navy installed a new Poulsen arc transmitter which generated Morse code with greater efficiency. By 1922, this transmitter was upgraded to a 2-kilowatt vacuum transmitter with amplitude-modulated broadcasts, and in 1927 it became a 5-kilowatt transmitter. The station at Applecross Perth was used continuously from 1912 until decommissioned in 1967. By 1922, this transmitter was upgraded to a 2-kilowatt vacuum transmitter with amplitude-modulated broadcasts, and in 1927 it became a 5-kilowatt transmitter. Wireless Hill Museum and Park held its annual family open day on May 15 with Morse code demonstrations, treasure hunts, science activities and Radio Sonic, an exhibition of early radio technologies. This is Murray, VK4FMWB from Norfolk Island. Thanks, Murray, and now it's back to Ron, VK3AFW. Maritime Mobile ServiceNet helps yacht in the South Pacific. The crew of a sailing vessel were rescued and are in good shape after hitting a reef in the South Pacific in early May. Their rescue followed a call on 14.300 MHz, the Maritime Mobile ServiceNet frequency. Russell Taylor, AI6GV of California, initially picked up the May 3 call from the Alaskan-based Morning Dove while it was northeast of French Polynesia. The captain of the catch, Bruce Maroney, KL3RK, told how it had hit a reef and then a mayday call was made after it began taking on water. The French Navy sent a helicopter to airlift the four unharmed crew members. Others on the Maritime Mobile Service Net also helped in the latest incident. This is Ron, VK3AFW, Portable 9, Norfolk Island. 
And with hams across Australia, here's Clive, VK4ACC. This is Clive, VK4ACC, at Norfolk Island. Weiss and ACT are still looking for assistance for the National Capital Rally next weekend, and I'm hoping we may get one or two more people to assist. We are short one or two people for HQ on Saturday. This is a good place for people who are new to Wyson activities and you would be teamed up with another operator and have plenty of support and guidance. Times could be worked around if necessary, but we are looking for people for a a 7am start through to around 2.30pm and another person from 9am until finished. We also need someone to do the Traveller's Net on Saturday and or Sunday morning. This can be done from home or will be on 147.175 MHz Bull's Head. This job is to keep track of people as they head out to their meet spots etc in the mornings. If anyone can assist with any of these jobs please contact Phil Longworth VK1PL via email or at Wyson at crarc.ampr.org as soon as possible as we can sort the roster out quickly. And now to VK2, a report of successful Jacket Jerry Enduro. Wyson Northern Rivers assisted with comms for the inaugural Jacket Jerry Endurance Ride on the weekend. We had nine personnel and manned a three checkpoint plus base. The portable repeater trailer was used, assigned as VK2 REP on two metres. The weather was fine and mild, with 97 riders participating in 80, 40 and 20 kilometre rides. CP1 was very busy at times, with all three riders passing through their location. Things went well and only some minor riding incidents. Many thanks to the team of VK2s including ACD, AGC, ARD, DLR, FARL, FMWL, LRB, OTA, NPMG. Also, just a little snippet from VK4. I'd like to thank all the people that went to the uh, Queensland Rally Championships west of Rockhampton who help us with the uh, with the communications there. Also, I'd like to acknowledge, I saw in the logbook, VK4 Queen Oscar from Yapoon, who's made contact with us here on the VK9. Been a lovely, uh, lovely time and lovely weather over here. You can soon immigrate, no problem. Thanks very much. This is Clive, VK4ACC, Portable, Norfolk Island. And some news from VK3. Amateur Radio Club puts in a marathon effort. Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club provided radio communications for the O'Keefe Rail Trail Marathon on Sunday, May the 1st, covering the course from Juniortown to Heathcote over 42 kilometres. The marathon was organised by Heathcote Community Games and Athletics, Bendigo. Using fixed and mobile stations, the Barrack Radio Communications Support Team provided marathon progress reports, logistical information and valuable communication support to the emergency response team. The radio network proved very useful for first aid and transport requirements. Barrack Pedal Radio Group member also provided Tail and Charlie reports following the last marathon competitor on a bicycle. 
Events such as these provide an excellent opportunity for amateur radio operators to demonstrate and practice their emergency communication skills. It's also a great way to get out and about and promote amateur radio in the community. Barrett members enjoyed the day and look forward to participating in future community events. This is Craig, VK3KG from Norfolk Island. This is Spider from Radio Norfolk and you are listening to VK1 WIA, the weekly WIA national news broadcast. Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club, Teresa Creek Campout. The Teresa Creek Campout will be happening from Friday the 3rd until Sunday the 5th of June 2016. Teresa Dam is located 22 kilometres southwest of Claremont in central Queensland with bitumen access all the way to the boat ramp, plus two boat ramps to choose from. This is the perfect dam for those who like swimming, canoeing, water skiing, fishing, or just relaxing and watching the time pass by. Teresa Creek Dam is well worth a visit. The Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club members usually camp as you first drive in on the right, opposite the first set of toilet and shower blocks. Happy hour is 4pm. BYO, food, drinks and water. BYO, firewood for the campfire. If you're able to come along for a great weekend, tell Helen, VK4FHEL. This is Ewan, VK4ERM, from Norfolk Island. Well, it's back to you, Brian, in our Melbourne studios. Thanks, Rob. And it's great to hear all those new newsreaders. Perhaps we've got some competition, Rob. But it would be good to hear some of those dulcet tones on the airwaves in the coming weeks again. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. It may almost be winter with the past week having the lowest overnight temperature readings of the year. Travellers are settling back into life after Dayton, and others are enjoying the pine fragrance of the WIA AGM on Norfolk Island. The past few days have demonstrated the frailties of our internet, with major service providers failing to maintain continuous services to their customers. The rumbles from the regions have been in the news with complaints that the much-vaunted satellite to the home service will be inadequate for people switching from other delivery modes. However, there also seems a fresh bucket of money available to solve the complaints of people caught in mobile phone dead spots. Distribution of Amateur Radio magazine is underway and it is timely to remind members that the articles which appear are, like the reports on WIA News, contributed. Not only are no payments made, but no contracts are entered into. If no one contributes, the columns and the articles can't be published. The fact that the news goes out and the magazine gets published is because people go out of their way to help the rest of us. Please think. If details of a project are noteworthy enough for an internet post, it is worthy of publication in our magazine. As many of us will be warming the longer nights with project and kit building after the WIA office returns to normal, it will be back to the negotiations with the ACMA regarding updates to the governing legislation. Half a century ago, a songwriter stirred the hearts with his song, Times They Are Changing. With all the activity ahead, I'm sure they are. 
I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? NATO Operational News 2016. The 1010 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. Remembrance Day, the RD Contest, August 13 and 14. 36th Alara Contest is on the last full weekend in August. This time around, it's the 27th and 28th of August. A rig review, news and comment in Amateur Radio Magazine. On the cover is a photo of the 3.4 gigahertz unit that has come onto the disposals market and cleverly converted to meet the growing demand by radio amateurs for that microwave frequency. Inside the WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, reports that it has been pretty busy in the lead up to the AGM weekend on Norfolk Island. He also discusses the constitutional review process and how members will ultimately decide on the changes at the AGM in 2017, and the ongoing liaison on changes of how the spectrum is managed and regulated. The editor, Peter Freeman, VK3PF, comments on the discussion point amongst a few over the CW Today columns and has looked at both sides of the argument. The editorial, the CW Today column, and over to you letter on the subject makes interesting reading. Producing YouTube videos for Amateur Radio by Peter Parker, VK3YE, explains the production opportunity in that medium, as he and others have done. The latest IARU liaison report by Jim Linton, VK3PC, answers the question, what has the IARU done for radio amateurs? There's a review of the ARRL volunteer examiner session held at Campbelltown, New South Wales. In technical articles, Peter Freeman, VK3PF, has a product review of the ICOM IC7300HF transceiver, from the perspective of a user. The Steampunk 70cm band satellite antenna, a do-it-yourself project that is relatively robust, Yagi, and has good performance and has a switchable circular polarisation, is detailed by Dale Hughes, VK1DSH. And Paul Mahone, VK3DIP, has the first part of a review of swept frequency measurement system using a personal computer. The regular columns including the VHF, UHF and Expanding World, which has the rules for the winter field day. Other columns have the latest on DX Talk, SOTA, Parks, Alara and news from clubs and interested groups. The June edition of the Amateur Radio magazine, the Journal of the Wireless Institute of Australia, is sent to WI members and copies are also available at selected news agents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. And now for the social scene 2016. June 3 to 5, VK4 Central Highlands Social Gathering, Teresa Creek Dam. June 4th, again VK4 Bark Fest, Mount Gravatt Showgrounds. June 11 to 13, VK5 the VK Fox Hunting Championship and SERG Convention, Mount Gambia. July 10 through 11, VK3, Gips Tech 2016, in Churchill. August 7th, VK6, NCRG Hamfest, 9am, Cyril Jackson Community Hall, Ashfield. September 23 to 25, VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club, AGM Weekend, Lake Maraboon Holiday Village, near Emerald. 
September, October, that's September 30 to October 3, VK4, the Cardwell Gathering, Long Weekend, Beachcomber Motel. November 6, VK5, Adelaide Hills, Amateur Radio Society, Hamfest, starting at 8am. And November 26th in VK7, the Mayena Hamfest, that's Saturday the 26th. Looking forward to 2017, March 26th in VK3, the EMDRC Hamfest has already been placed at the Great Ryrie Primary School, Heathmont. Well, that's all the news we have for this week. Again, thanks to Graham for giving us the opportunity. Looking forward to hearing him back next week. So from Robert and the team on Norfolk Island, where the record low temperature at the Norfolk Island Airport in May is 6.6 degrees Celsius. And myself here in the frigid Melbourne studios, as we say each week, we report it, you decide. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.